Amen. Amen. So good. Well, let's start our final installment of The Other Guy. Um, hey, let's show love to our first-time guests. Welcome to Highlight Church. Wow, that's great. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for coming. And uh, it's always exciting to hear that someone discovered us on Google or, or Instagram or Facebook. And so um, we, are, we are blessed by your presence. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, our final installment of The Other Guy starts today. We, we've been in a series uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. And so I'd encourage you, if you have not already, to um, check us out on podcasts. You can search us, um, Apple iTunes, uh, Google Play, Highlight Church. Go ahead and check it out. Um, week one and week two, uh, they lay a key foundation for today. So if, if I start saying terms that you're not familiar with, I apologize, but like we're on like week three, so just go to go to the podcast and hopefully it all connects. So, um, yeah, man. Um, and I, I do want to make one quick announcement. Don't worry about it. We don't have the slide, but we we will be hosting worship night um, here at Shady Grove Middle School this Saturday at um, 7 p.m. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. That's good. It's going to be super duper powerful. Um, your worship team is going to be able to do more than three songs, so you can really get into it. Uh, we're going to have a special time of prayer, um, and we're just we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to move. Uh, we're going to pray for healing and, and breakthrough and, and all these things that the Bible promises. That when you come to the Lord by faith, and when you're in an atmosphere of worship, God moves. So, worship night, 7 p.m. Please come out. It's going to be great. Invite a friend and... Uh, I believe you're going to experience breakthrough. All right. So, you know, um, my mother, uh, God bless her heart, she was uh, born in Tampa, Florida. And uh, she's been in Florida all of her life. Um, so she's definitely a Florida gal. I just moved up here about two and a half years ago. Um, so I have been in Florida. I was born in Orlando. I've been in Florida um, for 29 years. And so needless to say, I'm a Florida boy. Uh, it's been a great adjustment. We, we love Maryland, my wife and I, and our boys. We, we love Maryland. Uh, a lot of great things. But I would say the biggest adjustment has been the weather. And, uh, you know, you're used to 82-degree Christmases and rain. And that's not cool at all. Because, you know, when you're watching all the cartoons and it's snowing and it's, the lights and Santa Claus, and you kind of grow up, you're like, you, you know, well, I believed in Santa Claus. I don't know about you, but you're like, man, how can Santa come to Florida? It is super hot <laughs> with all those clothes. And, um, but at whatever rate we moved here, and the biggest adjustment has been the weather. Uh, whenever my mom comes to visit, especially in the fall or winter months, um, man, our heater is blasting. It is sweltering in our, in our home, sort of like it's in here today. Once again, we, apolo we apologize. We tried before you got here, but are you comfortable out there? Are you okay? Good. Okay, it's good. Maybe it's just the stage. Jesus. And so um, it's the lights, all that. And so um, she, my mom, you know, she stays in one or two places when she comes to visit us. It's either the dining room table or our couch. 
And uh, without fail, she always has her portable um, wireless heater just right there on blast, on 10, on high, right on her feet. And so, um, you know, cold feet. So, and, and I was just thinking about this, about how that's awesome because you can have a heater in a, in a space or, or a certain room, um, but if you're not close to it, the heater just doesn't serve its purpose. Um, now, we know this heater is serving its purpose, but <laughs> maybe this is undermining my analogy right now, but um, as far as a portable heater is concerned, um, you know, if you're too far away from a heater, you don't feel the hot air. You, you feel the cold air eventually. And so my mom, uh, in fine fashion, she always pulls that sucker right next to her so that that heater can serve its purpose. And today I want to bring a message to you entitled, Even a Heater Blows Cold Air. Even a heater blows cold air. Even a heater blows cold air. And uh, it's synonymous to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is described as a number of things in the Bible. But one thing he's definitely described as is fire. Fire. I, I don't know if you know the story in Exodus chapter 3, the burning bush with Moses. And so the Bible says, you know, God came down. And, and we taught in week one that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? So a lot of people say God came down. And the way I look at that, that story in Exodus with the burning bush, even it's burning, but it's not consumed. I, that's, that's not God the Father, and it's definitely not Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit, whom Moses had an encounter with, uh, to the point where it, it set him on such a fire that God was able to call him to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt, over two million people. Historically recorded, Moses took out of Egypt, and they journeyed into the wilderness towards the promised land, all because, because a man was on fire by the Holy Spirit, Moses. And so today is about how if you're not close or if, if you're not intimate with the Holy Spirit, uh, even though as a believer he's on the inside of you, if we're not intimate with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not serve its purpose or his purpose in our lives. Intimacy is a is huge when it comes to your relationship with God. Proximity and closeness is extremely vital when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you four benefits of intimacy with the Holy Spirit, how intimacy with the Holy Spirit should play out in your life. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're new to faith or you don't have faith in Jesus. That's fine, too. We'll teach you a little bit about Jesus and the good news. Um, maybe you're a seasoned believer and you get God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Today I want to I encourage you from the angle of intimacy, and I, I, think, I think this is going to be fruitful. Um, John 14, 15 through 17. We're going to start here. John 14, verse 15. And it says this here. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. If you love me, obey my commandments, verse 16. And I will ask the Father to give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 
the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. So the world, not meaning the globe, but the world, there's a, a spirit of the world, the world meaning people who don't know God or who choose not to know God. The world cannot recognize him. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's just like weird. And like the only reason I'm in church today is because I was forced to come here. I'm into you, but I'm not into God. And so the, the, Jesus said the world doesn't recognize him or, or doesn't see him. So, um, yeah, and, and so that's just really what it is. But it says this here, but you know him, you being a believer, a follower, because he lives with you now. Jesus is referring to himself because Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. We see that after his water baptism, as he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, and he received the Holy Spirit. So he's with you now, Jesus is saying, but watch this next point here. He says that, and later he will be in you. He's talking to his disciples. We are the in you generation. So he's in you, is what Jesus is saying. And what I've come to find out is that the Holy Spirit can be in me, taking the action steps to maximize the potential of what's in me. I need to, at some point, begin to engage this relationship. If I don't take the action steps, I've only stepped into the first step, which is faith in Jesus, and I've stopped growing in my faith, right? So faith in Jesus um, provides forgiveness of sin. We've all, the Bible says we've all sinned against the holy God. And the good news is that Jesus did not. And out of God's love, he sent the Son. So faith in Jesus is good enough to get us to heaven. It's good enough to fill us with the Holy Spirit. But just because he's in us, it doesn't mean that we're growing. Right, Amu? Amu just because we're... We're in the building together. If I don't connect with you at a certain point, if we don't talk, if we don't communicate, if we don't speak, if we don't spend time, I'm only going to know you at the surface, and I'll never be able to benefit from the relationship. We're in the building, but I'm not benefiting from this. You're not benefiting from me. And the same thing with the Holy Ghost. We, we learn uh, the Holy Ghost. Wow, that's weird. But that's another one of his names, ghost. It just means air. It means breath. Uh, go back to week two. Um, we, we defined for you in week one that the Holy Spirit is a person. He has a mind, a will, and emotions. Once again, a person can be with you, but if you're not engaging them, nothing's happening. Okay? So he said it will be in you. And so uh, just a couple ways that we become intimate with the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes, I don't have it as points, but just jot this down. You got to speak with the Holy Spirit. He's a person. You got to speak with him. I put speak, but other terms can be uh, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit. Meditate. Listen. Talk to God knows you better than your parents know you. I want to I want to get intimate with God. God is in me. Like, 
without limits. Um, he, he doesn't have any curfew. Like, he doesn't come in me, and at 10 p.m., he leaves me. And, like, because he has to go back to heaven. No, like, he's in me all the time. And so while I'm driving, I can just talk to, talk to the Spirit of God. I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> talk to God. Right? I speak to him. I can meditate. I, I can pause. I, can, I had a dream, and it was weird. And I, I typically don't talk about these types of things in this setting. But I had a dream, and, and God showed me, like, um, this analogy. I'll probably preach it one day. It'll be, be a message on distractions. And how the illustration will go is I'll, I'll give, I'll have a mic. Pastor Kyra will have a mic. Um, someone will have, like, a, a blow horn uh, with a mic. Someone will have, um, like, the radio with a microphone. And I'm going to try to preach my message while you listen to me. Preach my message, but while all those other things are going. And you got to meditate. We got to learn how to pause and cut everything else off so we can get into the presence of the Holy Spirit so he can, so he can talk to us. Our, our, our schedules are too filled. We don't have any margin in this generation. What are you doing? I'm going to Starbucks. What are you doing? I'm going to get lunch. What are you doing? I'm going shopping. What are you doing? I'm going to play ball. What are you doing? I'm going to gym. What are you doing? Oh, I'm sleepy. We need to create some margin so we can hear God. If you don't hear God, circles, right? And so speak to the Holy Spirit. That's how you grow in any relationship. The foundation of any relationship is communication. The second thing is seek the Holy Spirit going to get intimate you got to seek him seek the holy spirit you seek him through fasting we're going to start our 21 day fast january 6 every year we do a 21 day fast this is a time where you just get to seek the holy spirit the first three days my wife and i we do liquids only the first day we do all water. The, s- the second day and third day we add some sugar. But you know what happens when you're hungry? You get angry. But when you're fasting, you got to be spiritual. So you can't just be throwing attitude at people. You need to stay home, put on some worship music, pray, and take some naps. That's what we do. Day one, water and kids go to the basement. Because we're not that pious. You can eat, but we can't. We're in the room in our PJs with sackcloth and dust, and we're ripping our garments like they did in the Old Testament. And we're literally just praying and seeking the Spirit of God. One thing I love about what we do do uh, when it's you, me, and it's weird, like spirits and you, spirits and me. We go to Barnes and Nobles, one of those first three days, and we do our year vision. We're in the most agreement when we're fasting because, we're, Holy Spirit, talk to us. We're seeking you, right? So fasting, another thing is worship. Worship. Oh, man, worship is so good. Worship, you got to seek the Spirit. So those are two ways you can seek the Spirit, but let's talk about benefits, of seeking the Holy Spirit. The first thing you receive when you are intimate with the Holy Spirit is you receive comfort. Comfort. You receive comfort. 
Now, for my menly men out there, in which we all should be menly men, that's menly men. Um, that, cause that word there, comfort, it's like, I, don't know, I don't know about comfort, Pastor, but comfort. I remember um, in 2012, I accepted the call of God on my life to pastor. And about two months later, the Lord said, well, I want you not to just pastor, but one day you're going to start a church. And um, it, it was a very challenging season for me because I dropped everything med school and it just seems as though when I stopped pursuing medicine, like, my family was like, Beep. no one in our family has ever pastored Josh. No one in our family even really goes to church or does church all that seriously. And so I, I felt this disconnect from my family. And then all my friends kind of stopped talking to me because I really got serious about the things of God, the things that the Holy Spirit was leading me into. And the only two people I really had to support me was, at the time, she was my girlfriend, my wife, and my grandmother. And uh, my grandma was fully bought into it. She believed in the call of God on my life. God bless her soul. She's at home with Jesus right now. And Jesus is going to be getting her sweet potato pies on Thursday. <laughs> And I am jealous. <laughs> but don't take me home no time soon. Um, I'm down to stay another 60 years or so. Um, and so then about a year after I accepted my call into, into the ministry, my grandma passed. Um, just a major source of support. And, man, I was, I was distraught. I was angry. I felt lonely. I felt misunderstood. I didn't have anyone to really speak into the call. You ever been to that place where you just kind of feel like you're between a rock and a hard place? You don't have any support. No one understands you. You're trying to obey and follow God, and you want to do great things for the Lord, and you're following the vision that God has put on your heart, and you're doing your best, but you just you feel this discomfort. And the reason Jesus even promised the Holy Spirit to the disciples because he, he, was, he was sending them out into the world to preach about who he was, and he understood that they were going to come face to face with trials and tribulations, even death for that matter. So they needed to know that I'm sending an advocate or a comforter. That's what he just said, a helper or a comforter. A comforter. You receive comfort when you receive the Holy Spirit. Y'all think I quit on y'all because y'all quiet out there. I'm still here. The, the Holy Spirit is literally, he's a, he's a comforter. He's a comforter. In our quest to follow and trust God, troubles will come. Opposition, struggle, isolation will come. It, it will come. Man, as much as I love the people we moved here with to start this church and my directional team, there's some times where I still feel as a pastor as though I'm on an island. And as much as I want to rely on people and, and, and finances and status and popularity and all that and, and where I live, sometimes like tangible, natural things just don't get it. And what I need is I need the spirit of God to, to wrap its arms around my soul and, and to just comfort me. It's a comforter. 
And Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. He said this. He said, um, but when the comforter, John 15, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, this guy, the other guy has a lot of nicknames. Spirit of truth, comforter, advocate, helper, all this. Stuff. It says this, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify about me. When the comforter is come, the comforter is come. John 14, 27, Jesus said this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Comfort. Comfort. Comfort, comfort, comfort. You have have all the comfort that you need on the inside. You have all the peace that you need on the inside. You have the wholeness that you need on the inside. You can stop working so hard for a couple days and just settle into the promise that you have a peace that the world cannot give. Even when the money is low, you have a peace that money cannot buy. Even when you are alone in isolation and by yourself, you have a peace that no one's arms can fulfill but the Holy Spirit because he's a comforter. He's a comforter. He's a comforter. And you need to keep going. So the spirit will comfort you, not so that you could just lay there and give up and be lazy, but he comforts you so that you can get up and keep going. He's a comforter. The second thing you receive when you're intimate with the Holy Spirit is that you are given supernatural grace. You are given supernatural grace. Uh, About a year ago or so, I met a a guy who's now uh, an amazing friend. He's a pastor in Washington, D.C., Pastor Joshua Simonette. And uh, he pastors at one of the campuses at National Community Church. Uh, His pastor, his leader is Mark Batterson. Anyone ever heard the name Mark Batterson? Wow, so you got, got his books. Any books? You got some books? Yeah. So I asked him, I said, um, what is Pastor Mark's key to success? I said, man, he, he's like a New York Times bestseller, and uh, they got like eight campuses, thousands of people every weekend. Like, what's the key to Pastor Batterson's success? And Pastor Joshua told me two things. He said, number one, there's an unusual favor on his life. There's an unusual favor on his life. And he said, number two, there's a grace on his life that enables him to do what he does. There's a grace on his life to write books. There's a a grace on his life to speak. There's a grace on his life to lead thousands of people. You have a grace on your life. There are two forms of, you have a grace on your life as a mother, as a father. There are two forms of grace. One is saving grace. The word grace means free gift. Um, That saving grace is Jesus came, he died on a cross for your sins. That's a free gift of salvation. The second grace is an enabling. This is when when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he graces you or he strengthens you to do things that others just can't do. These are certain things that you do and you do well, and they come easy to you. You have a grace on your life. 
You, you may not know what it is. You may not be operating in it right now. You may not see the fruit of it right now, but you have a grace. And as you grow in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, he reveals, number one, he reveals what those graces are. And number two, he, he builds you up in those graces. You have a grace on your life. The problem is, is that in the world, we've allowed other people to define what our grace is. So we've been wasting years operating in a place where God hasn't called us. And the great part about being young, man, if, ooh, Jesus. It, if, ooh, if I would have met Jesus at 12 years old, the way I met him at 19, this thing would have been on and popping. <laughs> These teenagers playing around with it. This thing, right? we'd be at 2,000 right now hands down because he graces your life for something right he, 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 he gives you a supernatural power that only comes from his spirit and so first corinthians says this right here first corinthians 12 verse 4 there are different kinds of spiritual gifts that word gifts is grace but the same spirit is the source of them all different kinds of spirit there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So Paul is telling the church in Corinth, you may be great at something. I may be great at something else. But it's not my position to be envious or jealous of what God has put on the inside of you. I actually want to get beside you and celebrate it because what you're great at perfectly complements what I'm great at and when we get together we can be great together we can change the world together we can impact together we can prosper together we can be healthy together we can step into the promises of God together I don't have to hate on you you have a grace and I have a grace thank you Tracy I needed it mm. We'll skip down to verse 11 because between verses 7 and 10, he talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. For sakes of time, I'll let you go home and study those gifts. We also break those gifts down in super steps, too, when you're becoming a superhero here. But we'll skip down to verse 11. It says this here. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. Who gives the gifts? The Spirit. It's the Spirit who gives the gifts. If you have great business acumen, it's the spirit. If teaching and, and being relational with kids comes easy to you, that's the spirit. If leading people is, is something that you just enjoy and, you, and it doesn't exhaust you, that's the spirit. As a matter of fact, it's like, man, I, I love leading people and I'm not exhausted by it. I'm not striving by it. Um, um, it, it actually fuels me. That's your grace. If it's fixing cars, that's your grace. If it's counseling, that is your grace. If it's entrepreneur, that is your grace. If it's medicine, that is one of your graces. If it is parenting, you are grace to parent. If you're good with technology, that is a grace. If you are great musically, that, that is a grace. I'm not great musically. You don't want me leading the worship team. That is not my grace. Is this clear? That's your grace. And the sad part about it is, is that when we don't follow Jesus, we'll never know 
our grace. It is why a person can make a lot of money but hate their careers because they work hard simply because God has built talent on the inside of us. We're made in the image of God. You can succeed at anything, but you can also be dying as you're an outward success on the inside. You got to find your grace. And when you're intimate with the Holy Spirit, when you're close and when you're intimate, baby, I'll tell you your grace. <laughs> Holy Spirit, a pimp juice you in a second. This your grace. That ain't your grace. This your grace. That's your grace, right? That is your grace. Okay. And so it just, she was so, he alone decides which gift. I love this. He's a person. You see this? He, the will. He decides which gift each person should have. Romans 12, 6 through 8 says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In his grace. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as he has given you. That means to foretell the future. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. What he's saying is when, when you've discovered your grace, operate in it. That's pretty simple. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, teach the responsibility, uh, uh, take this responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift, for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You know, God gave me a three-part dream um, in that season where I said yes to him about pastoring. And in the first part, there was this young man who was leaving. He was a doctor. He had a lab coat. I couldn't tell his face. He was leaving the outpatient facility that he had just got through seeing patients in. And as he was leaving, for whatever reason, I was driving up to the parking lot where, where the cars parked, and he was rushing out of the, the, the doctor's office. And he's like, I am, he was tired and distressed. He said, Josh, I am so done. I, I know you, you read your Bible, because uh, I was a unit secretary in, in an outpatient facility in the season where God gave me this dream. He said, I know you're the Bible guy around here. Can you pray for me? And then it went to two more different things. God showed me in that dream that you're going for medicine while you're working in this outpatient facility, but this will be you. This is not your grace. But I knew deep down, because I had been walking with the Holy Spirit at that point for about seven years, I knew my grace. I just didn't bend to it. I didn't submit to God. And I thank God I did. <laughs> I didn't have to waste any more time. Because I also have a, I have a grace to be a father and all these things. And guess what? I retired working a long time ago. God wants you in your grace. Because he, he created us to work, but he didn't create us to strive. He created Adam. He breathed breath, Ruach, the breath of life into him. Week two, he breathed breath. He put him in the garden to tend to the garden. To do what? To work. It was after disobedience and not trusting the spirit of God that God said, now the ground is cursed and you will strive. Yeah, right. 
But when he was first created through the spirit, he had a grace to tend to the garden. Are we catching this? The spirit. Find your grace. First Peter 4.10 says this in IV. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. So I've given you a gift. You've discovered that grace. Now give it. It's a gift. Now give it. Serve others. And he says this here. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So number one, God has given you a grace to prosper you. Number two, to strengthen the body of Christ, which is the church. This is why it's important to find a local church, not a perfect church. Right? A, 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 a church that loves Jesus, that preaches the word of God, that has community outside of Sunday. Find a local church. Bring your grace into that church to strengthen the church and to change the world. Those are the three reasons why you've been gifted in grace. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you that supernatural grace. The third thing, the third benefit of intimacy with the Holy Spirit is you will walk in clarity. I just want to declare to you today that no longer do we have to walk in obscurity and confusion. And a lot of times when the Holy Spirit has given us an answer about something, the only reason we're still confused is because we won't obey. But he's given the answer. The Holy Spirit brings clarity as we remain intimate with him. And so Jesus said this in John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. The spirit will tell me what he has heard. This changed my life 11 years ago. I want to deposit this into your spirit. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He will bring me, Jesus, more uh, me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Whatever he's heard, who talking to you? Holy Spirit, who talking to you? He says this here, all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. This utterly changed my life. This did it, Marcus. This is why no one can tell me nothing. This is what is going to make you unstoppable. You ready? For those that have the faith to receive this. Are you ready? For those that aren't too sleepy, thinking about lunch. You ready to receive this? You have the spirit. He is a person. He has a will. But he does not even himself speak on his own accord. Okay? Now watch this. Jesus came. He lived for 33 years. Died. Stayed in the grave for three days rose from the grave, stayed on the earth for 40 days. On day 40, he got on a cloud. He went back to heaven. Now, the Bible teaches that Jesus is right now, sit right now as we're meeting, <laughs> sitting at the right hand of God, which is the hand of favor 
the hand of power, the hand of prosperity. And so whatever he receives from the Father, it is designed to favor you, to prosper you, to push you forward. And so whatever Jesus receives, he gives the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us what Jesus, oh, Jesus, this, I need to slow down because this changed my life. This changed my life. So whenever the Holy Spirit talks to me, it is Jesus himself talking to me. And that's why the devil can't tell me nothing. That's why, why trials and tribulations can't get me down. That's why doubters can't tell you nothing. That's why not enough money can get you down. That's, that's why struggles can't get you down. Because you have a direct connection with God himself. And, and, and he wants you to walk in clarity. And so we see here in these texts that uh, you walk in clarity how? Three ways. He guides you in the present. Intimacy with the Holy Spirit guides you in the present. And I want to build on this. Whatever Jesus tells the Holy Spirit and whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, it will bear witness with the Bible, which is the word of God. Watch this. The voice of God will always bear witness with what God has already said. This is why it's important that you read your scripture, because when you read the scripture, whenever the Holy Spirit goes to talk to you, the spirit has something to draw from. It has a frame of reference. So it doesn't sound weird. Is this too deep? I, I tell myself moving into an area like this, I, I keep it basic and shallow. But sometimes I just got to we got to grow. We can go to dream big again. I'm hitting on this again, Kelly. We can go dream big again, but do you want to grow? Do you, do you want weapons? Do you want substance? Do you want freedom? Do you want truth? The word of God, he guides you in the present. It was the only thing that we had, Mama God, was the spirit. The only thing we had was the spirit. When my daddy, God bless his soul, he might be sitting on one of these rows for Christmas. He would tell me, what are you doing, son? You need, to, you need to make more money. Do you know that churches are closing down every week? And he wasn't lying. 3,000 churches every year close their doors in America. My dad wasn't lying. But my dad ain't the Holy Spirit. When you got a word, you got a word. And God's word is going to prosper, empower, move you forward. So he wants you to walk in clarity for today, and he wants to give you a vision for tomorrow. He told, he told the disciples what is to come. I don't get a vision for my tomorrow if I'm not in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So if I'm not intimate today, I'll still be in the same place 10 years from now. And then it's the word from Jesus. That's the clarity. Um, God wants you to walk in clarity. 
And the fourth thing is, is that you get to experience life at the highest level. <laughs> life at the highest level. I'm a history buff, and so um, I, love, I love this guy, John D. Rockefeller. He, um, at one point in his life, he, he was alive in the late 1800s, and at one point he owned 90% of the oil industry in America. And um, they say today, if you were to translate his wealth from yesterday to today, around that time to today, he would be worth over $320 billion. That's five times the wealth and the net worth of Bill Gates today, about four times the net worth of uh, Amazon dude, Jeff Bezos, or however you pronounce his name. Um, and so that's money that we can't even imagine. But as I read up on him, and, and history records that um, he would go to church twice a week. Every single morning he woke up, he was in prayer for an hour. And he would oftentimes host Bible studies in his place in New York, Rockefeller, billionaire. And uh, I was moved the most because he Super rich, super, super influential, not because he was rich, but because he was rich. But number one, he loved God, he followed Jesus, and he had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The richest American in human history. And he said this, he, he quoted this, he says, There is nothing in this world that can compare with the Christian fellowship. That word fellowship in the Greek is kenonoia. And it means intimacy, if I had to expound with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that can compare with the intimacy with the Holy Spirit, is what he's saying. And he says this here, nothing can satisfy but Christ. You're telling me a man with this much influence, with this much clout, has the time in the, in the heart and the desire to lean into God the way that he did. He said, but there's nothing that can compare with the intimacy. Th this was a guy who, the reason he was so prosperous on the outside is because he had it well on the inside. He had his priorities in line, pray every morning, Bible studies twice a week, host Bible studies, and oh my God, his tithe was off the chain. The, the schools that he built, the churches that he built, the, the money that he put into scientific research, it was all because this was a man who was possessed by the Spirit of God. And he lived both inwardly and outwardly at the highest level that God had to offer on this earth. And so Galatians 5, through 23, you can close me out, Mercy says this. Good timing today. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears on an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity, we develop a willingness to stick to things, stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, 
and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. The Spirit enables you to live life at the highest level. This is why Jesus gave the gift of the Spirit. And so I just want to encourage you today that God wants you to walk in clarity. He wants you to receive comfort. He, he wants you to discover your supernatural grace. And he wants you to live blessed. And so with every head bowed, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Father, we love you. We give you all the honor and all the praise, God. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the sacrifice on the cross, Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that you would just lock this word into our hearts, Lord. And help us to become more intimate with you through prayer, through fasting, through studying. Help us, Jesus, so that you can speak to us. Now, with every head bowed, if you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, or if you are far from him, you believe in him, but you need to come back home. I want to make this your opportunity. And just on the count of three, if you would just raise that hand, we're going to pray a prayer of salvation, a prayer of life change. We're going to ask that the Holy Spirit will fill your heart. On the count of three, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life and make heaven your home when you depart from this place called earth, I love to pray with you. We love to pray with you as a church. One, Two, three. Raise them high. Raise them high. Oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. You can put those hands down. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, church, repeat this after me. Say, Father God, I love you. I turn from my sin. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Holy Spirit, fill me. Make me new. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen.